Good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Angela Brackenreed with the Canola Council of Canada. Also, Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo will have details on the winners of the Food Waste Challenge. And out first in today's country comments, John Gavlowski, entomologist with Manitoba Agriculture, will stop by the program. Latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Farmers are reporting high levels of flea beetles. John Gavlowski is an entomologist with Manitoba Agriculture. We've had chronically high levels of flea beetles for several years now. And my hope was that because people were um, almost by uh, force having to seed into um, warmer, moist soil this year, my hope was that we would get really quick germination and early growth, and it would outgrow a lot of the flea beetle feeding. But we're finding that the populations are just so heavy in some of these fields that uh, even with that quicker early growth, there's people out there doing foliar sprays for flea beetles. So unfortunately, we're not going to get a break from those this year. Yeah, I guess you mentioned here, you know, up to up to three insecticide applications for some some farmers. Yes, um, the the tricky part is you get a few days of relief from them, but flea beetles are very mobile, and it's not that the products aren't working. What is happening is that again you're ta- you're dealing with a very mobile insect, and so they're just almost waves of them moving into some of the fields. So you kill them off for a few days, and another batch moves in, and then. People are spraying again. We've been seeing some uh, receding as well. Yeah, there's been a little bit. I'm not aware of a lot, but there have been some fields that have been reseeded. Now, in some cases, it's a combination of stresses, flea beetles, cresting, and other issues. Talk about uh, cutworms and, you know, what uh, we've been seeing there. So now, just to put it into perspective, our cutworm levels this year aren't as bad as they have been the past uh couple years, we, we seem to have, um, we're going through a cycle where populations built up and seem to have peaked around 2020. 2020 was a really bad year for cutworms. Last year, a little bit less, and I would say this year, maybe even a little bit less than last year. So to put it into perspective, we do have some cutworm um, problems, and there has been some uh, control of cutworms but not to the same extent that we've had in the past couple years. Now, the one thing this year that is a little different is uh, usually by about mid-June, we're starting to see a lot of the pupa from the cutworms. They're basically done. They're, they're finishing up their life cycles, and that's it for the year. This year, um, we might have to watch things for another week or two uh, because of the cooler start to the spring. Uh, there's still some younger cutworms in some of the fields. So that's one another thing that people should be scouting for currently is cutworms. And where are things at with grasshoppers? So grasshopper nymphs are emerging. Um, we're probably not even halfway through the emergence yet. So uh, people are already noticing some, um, uh, I guess, very noticeable levels of grasshoppers in or around some of their fields. Uh, sometimes it's an edge effect, other times less so. But we're encouraging uh, agronomists and farmers that now is a good time to be looking for the grasshoppers. Again, hatch still has a way to go, but there is enough grasshopper hatch 
that has happened that it's a good time to be out there studying your scouting. Any other insect concerns at this point? Or? Really, those are the three that people have been um, keeping an eye on and in some cases spraying for right now. Um, if you're an alfalfa grower, it, it's the right time of year to be looking for alfalfa weevil. Um, they, they will look like they're, they're, they're very, they're, they're small green beetle larvae. They're, they're type of weevil, so they're beetle larvae, but they're legless. Uh, they're green. They have a white stripe down the back. They like to feed up on the top of your alfalfa plants. Uh, I haven't had any reports of high levels this year, but it's the right time of year to be scouting for those as well. That was John Gavlosky, entomologist with Manitoba Agriculture. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon. I'm Corey Knute. Time now for a look at today's farm news. Dairy farmers Richard and Christy Lane Carr have been named as Manitoba's Outstanding Young Farmers for 2022. The pair own and operate Rich Lane Farms at Marchand in southeast Manitoba. They milk 55 Holstein cows in a double-eight parlor. In addition, they run 60 Black Angus beef cows. The other nominees this year were Tyson Martins of Cola and Harley Siemens of Rosenort. Richard and Christy Lane will now move on to the national competition in Saskatoon in November. Farmers are seeing a lot of flea beetles in canola. John Gavlosky is with Manitoba Agriculture. My hope was that because people were almost by force having to seed into warmer, moist soil this year, my hope was that we would get really quick germination and early growth and it would outgrow a lot of the flea beetle seeding. But we're finding that the populations are just so heavy in some of these fields that even with that quicker early growth. There's people out there doing full year sprays for flea beetles. So unfortunately, we're not going to get a break from those this year. He notes cutworms and grasshoppers are also emerging. Forward hog contract prices have been stable as of late. Tyler Fulton is with Ham's Marketing Services. We've seen a fair amount of volatility kind of day to day, but they haven't been trending you know, one direction or the other. It's just like whatever they seem to lose one day, they'll regain the next day. And and it's coming not, not just from a volatile um, pork complex, but also the Canadian dollar is highly volatile as well. And that has um, a, a direct influence on, on what forward prices are. And the latest Saskatchewan crop report says seeding has been completed across most of the province, except in a waterlogged area in the east. The report says 98% of the crop is now in the ground, as conditions across the province mostly range from fair to good. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Friday, June 17th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll have details on the finalists for the federal government's Food Waste Challenge. The federal government has announced the 12 finalists of the business model streams for the Food Waste Reduction Challenge. Each finalist will receive $400,000 and move on to the final stage of the challenge. Over the next 12 months, finalists will accelerate and scale up the commercialization of their solution Finalists are competing to win one of two grand prizes of up to $1.5 million. Here's Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bibo. Today we have reached another milestone in the Food Waste Reduction Challenge. Your vision, fresh ideas and creative solutions are so important in helping us to tackle the complex challenges around emission reduction and food security. 
So let me begin by a big congratulations to all our finalists in the business model streams of our Food Waste Reduction Challenge. Circular Innovation Council, Food Cycle Science, Mission Loop, Outcast Foods, Saver Metrics, uh, Station Food or Station Food, Top Grade Ag, Toujours Bon, Tricycle, and Vivid Machines. Congratulations, félicitations à chacun d'entre vous. You come from different regions across the country, you work in many different fields, but you're all brilliant innovators and you all care for our planet. It's values like these that unite us in building a better future for generations to come. In Canada, more than half of our annual food supply is lost or wasted every year. That's why two years ago, we launched the Food Waste Reduction Challenge under the Food Policy for Canada. Our goal was to fuel new ideas and creative solutions to food waste. To resp the response was nothing short of amazing. In the first stage, we received well over 300 innovative solutions to the Food Waste Challenge. And I can tell you, it has been a challenge for the judges too. The two business model streams target innovations that will prevent or divert food waste at any point from farm to plate. The solutions you will present in a few moments cover some of the key target areas for action on food waste. Inventory management, upcycling, and prevention of food loss on the farm. Each finalist will receive $400,000 to help them move towards launching their solution in the marketplace. Finally, they will compete to win one of the two grand prizes of up to $1.5 million. So I want to thank you all for participating. I know it has taken an incredible amount of work to get to this stage. With your help, we will be able to find new ways to reduce food waste, to create new business opportunities, and to reduce GHG emissions. Thank you again for joining me today and sharing the wonderful projects you have all been working on. I wish you all the best for the coming phase of the challenge, and I really look forward to your presentations. That was Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebo. Glenn Wilde is with Top Grade Egg in Calgary. Our technology provides, uh, enables farmers to convert their grain storage facilities to grain drying facilities uh, very affordably. The um, uh, farmers that are required to rely on Mother Nature on average will result in losses of $30 per acre due to reduced quality and field losses by providing farmers with access to low-cost on-farm grain drying. It will enable farms of any size to be able to harvest high-moisture grains and lock in premium quality and eliminate these losses. The, uh, the, the ultimate prize with, with full adoption of our technology would result in 1.7 million tons of eliminated, eliminated grain losses or food loss on our Canadian farms. That was Glenn Wildey with Top Grade Egg in Calgary. 
company is one of the 12 finalists of the business model streams for the federal government's Food Waste Reduction Challenge. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Soy Canada is hosting its annual general meeting June 20th from 11 a.m. until 1 p.m. at the Fort Garry Hotel in Winnipeg. Miami Agricultural Society is celebrating its 25th annual rodeo along with the 113th annual fair June 25th and 26th. Miami 4-H Beef Club will be hosting their inter-club judging competition Friday evening and an open 4-H beef show on Saturday. The Roland 4-H Museum is open throughout July and August. The hours are 1 to 4 p.m. And the Manitoba Crop Diagnostic School is being held July 5th through to the 8th at the University of Manitoba Ian R. Morrison Research Farm. Sessions take place from 8.30 until 3, cost $175. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Friday afternoon. Joining us now is Angela Brackenreed, agronomy specialist with the Canola Council of Canada. Well, of course, as everyone knows, uh, a later seeded canola crop than we are used to in in much of Manitoba. But with that, uh, we've got a crop that's moving along relatively quickly. Um, came out of the ground, um, you know, within a, within a week in a lot of cases. And uh, a lot of crop that's, you know, pushing out two, three leaves. Um, at this point. However, with that said, still, you know, much of the crop in cotyledon first uh, leaf stage. And we've been hearing about some high uh, levels of uh, flea beetles. Um, Can you talk about, you know, what you've been seeing? Yeah, um, no surprise, you know, for the past number of years, we've seen pretty intense flea beetle uh, pressure in our canola. So uh, no surprise that, that we're seeing that again this year. I think there was some hope that the silver lining of, of later seeding would have meant we, we might have dodged some of this uh, flea beetle pressure. But unfortunately, um, I think, you know, the the season was was just kind of delayed. And, and so the, the emergence of, of those flea beetles was also delayed and kind of corresponded with, with when our crop was coming up out of the ground. We have seen uh, some foliar insecticide spraying happening. Um, in limited cases, there's been reseeding happening because of, of flea beetles. And certainly, you know, producers really keeping a close eye on us as, as we just don't have time anymore to, to reseed in the case of, uh, you know, a crop being wiped out by flea beetles. Talk a bit more about, you know, reseeding and you mentioned timing and, and maybe just some factors to consider there. Yeah, well, um, like I said, at this point, we really just don't have the option in, in most of Manitoba to reseed. Um, so, you know, we, we really need to be diligent in our scouting for, for food beetles. It is amazing uh, what canola can tolerate for feeding. But unfortunately, when, when we see stem feeding happening, you know, it can be one or two bites and, and you've lost that, that little cotyledon. Um, and, you know, once once we start to see... A lot of holes in a in a plant stand um, or a you know plant stand that's dropped to you know a, a plant one two plants per square foot. We're you know we're cer- certainly compromising uh, the yield potential of that field and and making it a difficult field to to deal with throughout the growing season. Any uh, disease issues with with the wet spring here? Well, um, you know at this point we're it's too early to say what we're going to see for you know, our typical diseases like 
square guinea and, and black leg, but of course they do like moisture. Um, and so if this continues, um, then, you know, would be fair to say that, uh, that disease pressure will be high. All right. Um, anything else that, uh, you wanted to talk about or? Well, um, Corey, one thing I would say with, with flea beetles is, like I said, it, it is a high concern for producers. We need to be scouting diligently, and I would suggest every day. The situation can change very, very rapidly. However, I really encourage folks to stick with um, action and economic thresholds, um, just so that they can be reached very quickly. That was Angela Brackenreed, agronomy specialist with the Canola Council of Canada. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Stronger pork prices have been influencing the hog markets. Tyler Fulton with Ham's Marketing Services talked about the U.S. cash markets. Typically, we've got hog numbers that are starting to moderate, and we also start to see some stronger demand from grilling. And so seeing some support in in cash pork prices is pretty typical. And so given that we have so much influence when producers actually get paid for their hogs most contracts are referencing wholesale pork prices now and so when you see those firmer um, wholesale pork prices happen um, it does kind of uh, move into the price for the hogs being uh, reflecting that um, right away grasshopper hatch is occurring john gavlosky is with manitoba agriculture so grasshopper nymphs are emerging. We're probably not even halfway through the emergence yet. People are already noticing some very noticeable levels of grasshoppers in or around some of their fields. Sometimes it's an edge effect, other times less so. But we're encouraging uh, agronomists and farmers that now's a good time to be looking for the grasshoppers. Again, hatch still has a way to go, but there is enough grasshopper hatch that has happened, that it's a good time to be out there studying your scouting. He notes some control for grasshoppers has occurred in the central region. And the Saskatchewan government has announced disaster aid for farmers who suffered significant losses from spring storms. The program is for producers who lost livestock in April and did not qualify under original disaster assistance. The Saskatchewan government says it will help producers with more than $2 million in gross revenues. It'll pay 95% of the market price for livestock killed in the April storms. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here on Monday starting at 12 noon.